Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm really pleased to be with you on Passionate World Radio. Our theme today is putting the past behind you. Now, many people struggle with living in the moment. They find that the past colours everything that they do. They spend their time regretting that they have done something or that they haven't done something. If only I'd done this, if only I'd said that differently, if only I hadn't done whatever it was. And that voice in their head goes over and over and over again and actually destroys any chance of happiness in the moment. It's particularly true, I think, of relationships where, you know, that, that intersection between what you say or do in the moment and when you have the opportunity with hindsight to look back and you recognise that perhaps there was a better way to do things. The interesting thing about time, or certainly time in the dimension as we understand it, is that once that time has gone, you can't actually have it back to do things differently. It has gone. What you can do is you can learn from that mistake or learn to do something even better in the future and let it go. If you don't, then life has a habit of bringing you back to the same lesson time and time again. And I think that's particularly true of relationships again, where people have the same disastrous relationship mm-hmm. time after time after time. Yeah. Now, I'm with my good friend um, Rachel Davidson. She's the author of... The Point of Me. Um, which is a brilliant novel, which is available on, um, on Amazon. Um, and those of you that are familiar with our shows will know that that this is a discussion that we start to explore the theme of today. I wonder how many of you listeners have times when you find yourself thinking about the past in a way that keeps you stuck. The past is an incredibly rich resource for learning to do things better, differently, or not to do them at all. Um, when I think of the fashions of the 70s, I think to myself, what was I about, <laughs> for example? Um, but I think understanding how we can utilise the best of the past and take it into our present and our future is really helpful. But it's when we get stuck. And what I thought might be useful is to to look at some of the common themes that have cropped up with, you know, I've worked with with hundreds of clients over the years, and there are some really common situations. Of course, each person has the situation as it's unique to them, but the themes come up time and time again. So having a look at the impact of just keeping in the past and holding Mm. yourself, looking backwards rather than enjoying 
the now, which is all we have, isn't it? Moment by moment. Yes. Because it's either our past or we're looking to the future. Yes. But we only have where we are now in time. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's why it's called the present, because it's a gift. <laughs> it is a real gift. Yeah. So many people are either constantly looking at the future, and that's probably a theme for another show in terms yeah. Yeah. of you know constantly looking at goals and not enjoying the journey. Yeah. But today we're specifically talking about where you're holding on to the past and it actually is impacting on the quality of your life. Yes. So... One of the main impacts, I think, is it spoils the quality of now. Yes. You can't enjoy now if you're carping back, constantly looking back, constantly considering the yes. past. Well, in that sense, you're constantly recreating the, the historic scenarios, aren't you? Because if, you, if your mind is constantly playing over the should-haves, if-onlys what if I'd played it this way, what if I'd played it that way type scenarios, then you're constantly bringing that past back, you know, into the present and therefore colouring the present. So all of the different options that you've got here and now in the present, all of the possibilities that you could be doing, um, you're, you're, you're spending your time, and this is about time, isn't it? It you're is. literally spending your time thinking about stuff that's, that's already gone. But in that thought process you're constantly bringing it into the present and that takes a lot of effort if you think about it huge amounts of energy I liken it when I'm working with clients with um, imagine you've got a very heavy portmanteau yeah that is filled with bricks and it's tied to your ankle yeah and the, you're constantly having to pull that with you yeah I think that's a really good point that because I do think that there is a, a, a physiological effect of constantly living in the past. If you look at the animal world, um, dogs and well, any, any animal really, that they are truly in the present, and and it makes sense for them to be so because they're very connected with nature and and they haven't got a lot of the the human thought processing and they don't tell themselves stories like we tell ourselves stories. So there's less of a concept of the past and the future for, for those animals. But living in the present means that they're so much more healthier. In that sense, so the even at the biological level, where I don't know a deer feels threatened and there's a spike of adrenaline because it's got to you know flee, and it will act upon that in the moment. And then when it when it senses that safety is, is has arrived in the present, it forgets about the fact that it it doesn't then spend the next two weeks mithering about the fact that there may have been a tiger in the bush. There may have whereas the human mind tends to do that to us, don't we? We tend to to constantly bring it forward and to worry about what what would have happened, how how could I have dealt with that, rather than just actually recognising that in the moment our, our instincts would, would keep us yeah. alive. I think this business of telling stories is mm. a, a really important one because we are constantly making meaning. Yeah. And yeah. because we make that meaning of it doesn't yeah. mean it's actually true. No. It's all about our beliefs. If we have a belief about something, mm. then we look constantly for evidence that our belief is correct. Yes. And so when something happens, we interpret it in that way. Mm. I made a mistake. I believe I'm useless. Therefore, well, what do you expect? I'm useless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rather than making mistakes is part of learning. Yes. And I think the big lesson and the theme that's going to run through this, this program mm. is learn from the past, take the learning. Yes. If you're constantly making the same mistakes, then 
it's time to look at what's going on. Yes. Why? Yes. Um, and choose to do something differently in the future. Yes. Einstein's definition of madness, and those of you that have heard me before know this is my favourite quote of all time, <laughs> which I'm probably twisting a bit, but the essence is true, oh. is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. But we do it harder, we do it more. Yeah. You know, I think of mum's nagging. Yeah. You know, if your nagging's not worked for, you know, and your child is 11 yeah. or 12, yeah. chances are it's not going to start working now. Yeah, exactly. And um, there is that, isn't it? That, that this mental um, process of, well, I just need to try harder at this thing. I haven't put enough effort into it. When in actual fact, you should possibly look at the strategy itself and yes. say, is, is that a historic strategy that I'm is no longer relevant to the present that I'm currently living in. Yes. I mean, of course, there are times when you do need to work harder. I'm not saying that that sure. in and of itself is wrong, but it's when it becomes the pattern. Yes. We all do things in a very habitual way. Mm. And if you're constantly looking back, then have a think about what that's doing in terms mm. of the quality of your future, mm. your present and your future. Mm. I mean, one of the other things that I think is a really significant impact is when we feel guilt yes and you know I've worked with a number of clients who are still feeling guilty about something that they did six months a year yeah. a decade several decades yes before yes. which is constantly churning around and around and around mm. and I would say you know if you have guilt about the way in which you behaved in the past there is within that a message which is saying, do something differently in the past, yeah. in the in the present, and in the future. Yeah. If you're feeling guilty about something, the first thing is, can you put it right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, saying sorry and meaning it mm -hmm. and determining not to do it again mm. is a reasonably good start. Yes. But if you've done something which has done somebody or something wrong, yes. Then. Obviously, if you can put that right, that's the first thing to do. But then learn from it. Mm. Guilt is an absolute message to say, stop it. Yes. Do something differently yes. in the future. Yes. And learn once, from this. <laughs> once you've learnt yeah. it, then it's time to let it go and mm. forgive yourself. Mm. Which brings me beautifully onto my next point, really, which is how often we hold on to the hurt. Yep. The grudge. Yes. Often with incredibly good reason. I mean, I've worked with a number of people who have been abused, for example. Yeah. But even there, when you think, how can people get over being abused by a family member? Yeah, yeah. If you just hold on to that, that bitterness, that hurt, mm -hmm. who does it hurt? Mm. It doesn't hurt the perpetrator, does it? No. But it is like a canker it's like a poison yes when you hold on to it yourself it, yes. it destroys your opportunity for happiness yes and I know we've done a session on on forgiveness so those of you that have listened um, will know that for me forgiveness is nothing about condoning mm. if you forgive somebody you can still recognize that what they've done is entirely and mm. utterly wrong yeah nor is it about forgetting no but I liken it, if you imagine that when you hold on to the hurt, it's like giving yourself the poison yeah. and expecting the other person to die. Yes. It's like having a chain around your neck that yes. constantly yanks you back to that situation. Yes. And in forgiving, 
you cut that tie. Yes. You allow yourself to have a, a, a present and a future that is free. Yes. And actually you deserve that freedom. Yeah. yeah. Now, forgiving other people is one thing, mm. and I think that's really important. But forgiving yourself mm. if you've done something wrong, learning from that, moving on, and determining that you'll never do it again, Yes. Um, I think is a much better way than just holding on to the guilt. Yes. It's corrosive and actually doesn't make any difference mm. to the people or to the um, environment or whatever you've mm. heard. Mm. All it does is is keeps you stuck. Mm. But some people could probably um, say that um, that guilt and fear um, are holding them in the past. Um, Others might actually think of being living in the past as the better place to be, and they see it as a safety thing. What have you got any examples of sort of where somebody actually looks back and says it was so much better then? And I think there are number tinted glasses uh, syndrome. There are a number of uh, aspects to this. The mm. first is that you speak to people. It's called having a Homeric memory. Right. That you know the summers were always sunny when I was. Yes. Um, was young fish and, <laughs> fish and chips tasted better clotted cream tasted better I'm sure you may be right um, but ultimately mm-hmm. our memory plays tricks with us yeah and it may have been so but it doesn't necessarily mean that because you remember it in that way that that mm. was the reality for everybody mm. our we have our own reality it's based on our beliefs and our perceptions and our experience and we may use clotted cream. We may have tasted clotted cream in the past mm. and have a very different view of whether or not that's better, the mm. same or worse. Mm. And I think part of this is recognising your patterns of thinking. Mm. If you're constantly harping back to what went on in the past and seeing that as better, well, you have a choice. Mm. If you want your current now and your future to be better... Mm then isn't it time to do something different? Mm. So even if somebody was sat here and saying, well, I'm quite happy living in the past. I think it was a better place and I used to be this and that and the other. And and, um, even if they don't perceive it as a problem, you would still argue that they are damaging themselves and their future by by having that um, closed-in, inflexible uh, approach. It just seems to me very sad that so far as we know, we have this one life. Mm. And that every day is precious. Mm. And I think that came home to me particularly. My younger brother, much younger than me, suddenly dropped dead at the age of 49. Yeah. He yeah. was on a cycle rice, he, he, uh, ride. Rice, ride. Um, he was apparently very healthy. He was yeah. practising for the London to Brighton cycle race and just dropped dead. Mm. And one of the gifts that came out of that desolate, dreadful moment was recognising that life is precious. Mm. And actually, if you don't make the most of every day, what a waste. Mm. Um, that if What's you the point? Well, you know better yeah. than most of <laughs> having written um, the point of me, is you know, that, that, that life is for living, and mm. if you are constantly in the past, mm. you're not living now, no. are you? No. You're rehashing. It's almost like living in a movie. Yes. Groundhog Day, if you yes. like. And that's a good metaphor, actually, because in order to watch a movie, you tend to sit in a darkened room. And, and watch the the screen, and you're remote from it, and it you know it's characters playing out, and and you're in the dark doing it. But it, it feels safe. But it feels safe, and it can feel really safe to people. I know I know people who have set out to do very brave things, and you know 
uh, running businesses and lots of challenges and perhaps it didn't work out exactly how they um, first intended. And there's, there's a great, great temptation in these people that I know to hold on to that because they're holding on to the hope of what the dream was, even though the reality hasn't quite worked yes. out. For very good reasons, um, you know, good, bad or indifferent, but, but they sort of hold on to that hope yeah. yes. aspect of living in the past. And I don't want people to get the impression that I think the past is a, is bad. It's not. It's no, no, it's, no. it's a completely neutral um, time frame. However, it's got such a rich opportunity for us to learn and grow yeah. rather than for us to stay small. Yes. And, you know, I am absolutely passionate about people stepping into their power. Yes. Because we are all powerful, amazing, unique yes. human beings. Yes. And... When you stay stuck in the past, it tends to keep you limited. Yeah. It tends to keep you in that place where you were. Yes. And even if you fear growing older, I think a lot of people stay stuck in the past because of fear. Yeah. Fear of change. How many people have you ever heard say, but we've always done it that way. Yeah. Why would we want to change? Now, nor am I saying that change in and of itself is the, a good yeah. thing. Yeah. It's about what the change is and what yeah. that's going to do. But I think people who simply hold on to the past because that's where they feel comfortable yeah. are actually missing out on a whole range of opportunities yeah. that could turn out to be something that you truly, truly love. Yeah, because even even if you have a, a viewpoint in life that you imagine you can stand still, that you could hold a moment and, and that will stay still for the rest of your life. Um, you're fooling yourself because the universe is moving. At a macro level, the universe is moving and expanding. And at a micro level, it's always moving. And so even when you think, well, I'll just stand still. That's okay. Everybody else can change, but I, I'll just stand still. You're not standing still. What, you're going what, backwards, You're going really. backwards. Yes, in yeah. reality. Uh, if you look at it in the business context, you mm. know, I work strategically with businesses and mm. one of the things that we talk about is the, the bell curve of, of progress mm. and that, you know, people will rise and it's easy to succeed or I believe it's easier mm -hmm. to succeed in the first instance than it is to maintain and grow. Yes. And you have to get yes. started on the next development before yes. you get to the brow of the hill because once you get to the brow of the hill of the curve, you start to go down. Do you know, I so get that when it comes to thinking about my writing and how relatively easy it was to write the first book and having done that and published it, how how frightened I am about writing the second book. <laughs> and it's that same thing of that constant movement and pushing yeah. forward and, and the fear that it comes with it, partly because you know what's coming, because you've done a little bit of the bell curve and also you know that the next bit of the bell curve is going to probably be steeper. But there's no other option to do it other than just to accept, well, don't do it then. Yes. Although one could argue that having um, been through the process, that actually you've got all of that experience that will help you yeah. actually yeah. take on um, the second development. Yes. And I think that it just demonstrates how our beliefs generate uh, yeah. our confidence or our fear. Yes. And how we should be challenging it. Yeah. And Reframe. so often... Yeah. you know, um, working with people, it's in the reframe, it's in the yes. challenge that people see, 
there is possibility here. Yes. I'm perfectly capable. Because the evidence is if you've done it once, mm. why wouldn't you be able to do it again? Exactly. And actually, the experience may very well make that easier for you. Mm. Um, because you know what the shortcuts are. Mm. You know the things that caused you the mm. challenge before and you perhaps can avoid them. Mm. I've, I've done quite a lot of research about success and um, ultimately our our whole attitude, our beliefs around success are hugely important. Mm. People who've listened to the sh sh me on the show and, and you will know that you know, if you believe you fail, then it's a done deal and lots of people yeah. don't even get started. Yeah. If you believe you will succeed, yeah. then you start to make very different yes. decisions which will are much more likely to lead to your success. Yes. So how we believe about um, our capacity to succeed yes. is going to make a huge difference. But also through the research I've done both in terms of, of other people and work I've done with myself and clients is mm. that if you're harping back at the past, mm -hmm. then procrastination, which is for many people a, 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 yeah. a big issue, yeah. getting started that you, and actually keeping that momentum going, very often mm -hmm. they're stuck in the past. Yeah, okay. You know, people who are stuck in the past generally they've done research they show that they are more pessimistic mm. that they are less likely mm. to take a chance to actually give things a go yes because it's always colored by yes. their need to be absolutely safe yes and that 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 springs to mind some research that was done on on um how how lucky people feel yes. and um, and the people that would would sort of state outright oh yes I feel quite lucky versus oh no I'm not a lucky person were, were then studied going forward and um, you know leading pretty sort of simple general lives uh, but basically the lucky the people who thought of themselves as lucky were open to opportunities and interpreted what happened to them in a positive light yes. so you know, they would say, well, isn't that lucky? And, and oh, this happened. Whereas the pessimistic people were, were expecting to be yes. unlucky. And so they were. And so it's a, it was a completely thought-constructed existence yes. because Absolutely of that starting based on point. Beliefs. There was a television programme a couple of years ago by Darren Brown. Mm -hmm. um, and he um, took over a whole village. Yeah. There were a number of things within the experiment. One of the things was that he set up a bronze dog in the park. Right and got researchers to start spreading the rumour that the dog was lucky. Oh. <laughs> and that people started to go and pat it and started to report mm -hmm. that they were experiencing miracles. Yes. Um, and that went on for quite a long time until he came clean. Mm -hmm. But actually the thing that interested me most is that he asked people within the, the I think it was a large village or a small town mm -hmm. to designate themselves lucky or unlucky right and there was a butcher who designated himself the unluckiest man in the world okay Dear. they started <laughs> they started to um show little signs which said his name and please phone a phone number ah. and they started postcard size right and then they were poster size uh -huh. and then they filled the shop window in a shop almost opposite him. It wasn't until it was on the side of a large pantechnicon right. that he actually noticed. Ah. That in itself was quite interesting. But yes. then Darren Brown 
went to speak to him and talk to him about his self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. And that how when we feel lucky, we're more observant. Yeah, yes. Now, this is backed up by some research that was done, I think, initially in America in the 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. but has been repeated several times, mm-hmm. where, again, they asked people to designate themselves lucky or unlucky. They put denominations of money between the car park and the house. Right. Everybody followed the same path. Okay. Lucky people saw the money. Yeah. Unlucky people didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, your judgment of whether you're lucky, if we bring it back to our theme, Mm -hmm. is going to be based on past experiences. Mm, Okay, yes. Which then develop a belief. Back to those stories that we tell about ourselves. Yes, yes. And so I'm asking you as listeners to challenge any of your beliefs that you are lucky or unlucky, that you are guilty or or not, mm. that the past is a better place to be. Mm. Living in the moment, noticing mm. what's going on, I think is incredibly powerful in terms of helping recalibrate mm. the brain. Yes. And I'd like to share a couple of um, strategies that people might like to include on the, in, in every day. Mm-hmm. One of those is around collecting gratitudes, and I have referred to this in a, a, another show, but it's so powerful, I think it really it's worth. Is. Yes. And it's about, you make this as easy as you can, from the moment you woke up, wake up until the moment you go to bed, to look for opportunities to be grateful for mm. small things. So we're sitting in my garden room at the moment, outside... It's been a very um, windy, very cold and very snowy. Um, But there are flowers. I've got polyanthus, hellebores. There's a camellia out. Mm. And that just makes me feel good, Mm. these little signs that spring is coming. So for me, nature is a great source of gratitude. I love watching clouds. I I love beautiful trees. But it could be that some friend has phoned you. Yeah. Or that you've had a really nice cup of coffee. Yeah. Or that you're sitting in the warm and it's raining outside. Yeah. Make it easy. Make yes. it very easy. Yes. And just during the day, notice those moments. Yeah. And then when you go to bed, as you're lying in bed ready for sleep, scan the day and out of all of those moments, just choose five. Yeah. Yeah. So you end the day on a positive note. You end the day recognising present Mm. and I think that that can be incredibly powerful Mm. and I'd love to know um, how listeners get on and if they've got any issues or any questions they want to ask they can do that through the website Mm -hmm. which is genuinely-you.com and we'd just love to hear from you. The second exercise which is a mindfulness exercise now there's lots banded around about mindfulness and it's I think used in a number of contexts but for me mindfulness is about choosing not to let your habitual way of being Mm -hmm. run your life yes and so this is a really good exercise if you're stressed anxious it's good to do it just two or three times a day takes a couple of minutes that's all yes so just take yourself somewhere quiet please don't do this while you're driving (laughs) because the first thing you're going to do is to close your eyes (laughs) not a good move um just sit somewhere quiet have your feet on the floor Um, close your eyes and in the first instance just listen what can you hear Mm. so when we are quiet then we have the opportunity to really tune into the moment and I use hearing first interestingly it's the last sense that we lose when we're incapacitated or we're dying right Um, that by tuning into your hearing Mm. just for 
a minute mm. that you really give yourself a sense to just take yourself back into that moment. Yes. Breathe. Yes. I think it's highly underrated breathing. Mm. Mm. The next thing is to take your attention to what you can feel. Mm. Feeling the seat under your thighs or the mm. cushion behind your back. Yeah. If you're sitting outside, you might be conscious of the sunshine mm. or um, a breeze. Mm. But also, take your attention to how you're feeling emotionally yeah. and just sit with it. Yeah. We're, we're frightened of emotions, I think. Mm. But just where is it in your body? Yeah. And just be aware of it. No judgment, mm -hmm. just notice. Mm -hmm. Can you smell anything? Mm. Can you taste anything? Yeah. And then when you've been through those senses, just open your eyes. You don't need to swivel your head around, but just what can you see? What the colours, shapes, textures, the perspective. Mm. And just within two, three minutes, mm. you can find that yourself, you're feeling more grounded, more centred, yeah. and more able to cope with the world. Yeah. And that you are then very much in the moment. Yes. Um, and I would urge you all to give it a try. Yes. Give it a try and let us know how you get on. If you feel that the past is actually holding you back, if you are fed up with feeling depressed about what's gone on or anxious about the fact that you could have done things differently and that mm. you didn't, mm. if procrastination is something that you struggle with, mm -hmm. um, if you're one of those people who fears change and is stuck in the well we've always done it that way yeah. and not wanting to move forward mm. I would really urge you to think about that and if yes. you're if you're struggling with that mm. to get some help yes. and you can find lots and lots of resources and activities on the website um, so please do go to genuinely-you.com um, and help yourself to the new stuff mm. um, it's being replenished and uh, added to all the time mm. there's lots of stuff there you can also download a, a copy of my latest book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Mm -hmm. If you go to the website, you can do a digital download, My Gift to You. And again, love to know how you get on. So thank you very much for joining us today. Really do appreciate um, your time. And I hope that you'll join us on the next show. So thanks very much. Take care and goodbye. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.